uh, some of the things that I believe that God wants us to see and do. Um, and so we're just going to talk about those things. And, and this should um, certainly dovetail with what Jeff's, uh, Jeff covered on Sunday. So if you were here Sunday, you kind of know that, that he laid out a very clear vision for us, a, a very simple uh, to understand vision, but a very important one. Right? We need to be bought into the Great Commission. And so uh, if you didn't get a chance to, to be here Sunday, man, take, take a little bit of time and listen to that message. It was, it was very convicting to me personally. And uh, there's a lot of things that, a lot of very good questions that, that I've been talking to the Lord about ever since that. Um, I also had the privilege to go to Mission Focus over the holiday, which was in Kansas City. And so I've, I've got all of these things just swirling around in my head and heart that, that I think God's really laying on my heart, but still trying to make sense and get things in order. And so if you, you all would continue to pray for me and uh, the well and the, the vision and direction we're heading, uh, I'd, I'd greatly appreciate that. So um, it's, it's amazing. As I was looking over this stuff, I realized that I was kind of doing an inventory of where we've been. I realized that coming next month, it'll be three years that Jenny and I have been in here. I can't believe that's gone so fast. You know, it's uh, 2017 was when we, we first came in. And so it's, it's been an awesome time for us. I mean, we, we sincerely love you guys and uh, appreciate what God's taught us, you know, through you, through teaching you and, and learning right alongside of you. Uh, certainly it's been an awesome experience. Uh, we were talking on our way back from uh, Kansas City, Jenny and I were, and uh, you know, she is, y'all know she's smarter than me, and she's just got stuff figured out, okay, so my life works because she's the glue, right, she keeps things together, she keeps things moving the right direction, and we were just talking, and she said, you know, for the past several years, I've just always had a key word, then she's not really about, you know, a New Year's resolution, per se, but it kind of falls in the same lines, and her, and her resolution is more, I've got a key word, this year is going to be about, you know, grace or, or whatever. And so when she's going through the midst of whatever life throws at you, she has continually tried to bring herself back to that word and remind herself, you know. So it's not like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat right for the first three weeks of the year, right? Because then you fall off the, and you forget, right? Or, or whatever you're going to change or whatever you're going to do differently, no, she just is really good at bringing herself back to that word, whatever that key word is. And so uh, I was looking over the, the past several years, and, and since Jenny was so smart to put it that way, I've kind of looked at and kind of given a key word or a couple of key words to the years that we've uh, gone through together. And so I just want to do a little bit of review because I think it's important to see where we've been. Uh, I think where we're going makes more sense when you remind yourself of what you've already covered, some of the ground we've been through. Um, so I thought, let's just do that. Let's do a little bit of review, and then let's look at this year and some of the goals that we're going to set. Um, and before we do that, let's just go ahead. We'll bow our heads one more time. We'll pray. We'll ask the Lord to, to encourage us and challenge us to, to accomplish these things because he's worth it, and that's the only reason we need. So, uh, Lord, thank you so much for everyone in this room. I know they're not here by accident. Um, we come here because your name is worthy. Uh, we come here to, to lift you up. And we come here to uh, be challenged and encouraged by one another, to be challenged by your word. And uh, Lord, we do want to be conformed to be more like you. Uh, we want to be able to love people the way you did and do sacrificially. And so I just pray that you would help us to do that, help us to have uh, ears to hear, and uh, that you would touch our hearts and uh, that we would be moved and motivated by the things that move and motivate you. 
uh, so that we know that we're walking with you, we're heading the right direction. And so thank you so much for all that you've done over the past several years, and we are certainly looking forward uh, with anticipation uh, to what you have in our future. Uh, we love you sincerely. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so there are some blanks on your study sheets. If you want to fill those out as you go or, or just watch the screen, that's fine. Uh, so 2017, the, the key words for me, I think, were trust and identity. Right? Early 2017, the end of 2016, we had some, some church division issues happening around here, and, and a lot of people left, and a lot of people weren't sure, and, and what was... Those of, those of us that remained were kind of like, is there going to be a well group next week? Is it going to happen? Or wh- What's going on? Who's going to leave next? Who's, who's going to be mad at who? And, and it was a time, of, a time for us to, to sit down and say, look, look, we trust the book. We trust the God who wrote and preserved the book. We're going to show up each week whoever and however many, we're going to show up each week and, and, and prove to him that we trust him. And we're going to just show up for his, for his name and for, for him alone. And if anybody else shows up, that's awesome. And we're happy to have you. And so it was kind of a year to where we, we learned to trust one another. We learned to trust God. And, and we learned a little bit about believing and trusting what God says is true about us as opposed to what we feel. Right? And I think that's kind of been a continual lesson that that God has brought us back to is, you know, you feel certain things. A lot of times the things that you feel are going to go in stark contrast to what God says is true. And we've got to come to the place to where we recognize, man, my feelings lie to me all the time. But God God never has. And so we began to learn what our identity was based upon what God said and not about what we just feel things, you know, feel is true. Uh, I've listed some of the studies that we've gone through over the years. We started off with a study just calling it Pictures from the Past, and we looked at the nation of Israel as they exited slavery in Egypt, and as they crossed the Red Sea, and as they began to wander through the wilderness, and we saw all kinds of parallels to our lives, and how you know they, they looked like total idiots, and we've been going through a, a, a series in Numbers, and, and you know one, one day they're happy, the next day they're complaining, the next day, they're unsatisfied again, and they're complaining to God, and he comes through, and they're like, oh, God's so awesome, and then they're complaining again, and it's like, how, how are these Israelites so clueless? And, and God was so graceful and, and kind to say, well, that's the same thing you do. <laughs> that's the same thing we do. Everything's great until it's not, right? And, and we forget very quickly how good God is. And, and so it was really good for us to look at that nation as they, they went through and the mistakes they made and, and learn about ourselves and really just have a chance to look in the mirror. Uh, the next study we looked at was one we called Not Better, Just Better Off. And, and it was really a study and proof that God is no respecter of persons. Right? He doesn't love one of us more than anybody else. He's not chosen anyone above anyone else. He's he's equal in, in that he died for each and every one of us, right? And, and if you have salvation through Jesus Christ, you are no better than anyone else, but you are certainly better off, right? And so our lives should be geared towards getting that message to other people. Um, after that, we, we spent the summer going through Proverbs, talking about the decisions that we have ahead and trying to make 
our decisions based upon the wisdom that we find in the book of Proverbs. Um, and after that, we went into Ephesians. And Ephesians really, that, that's where we started to see our identity. Right? God really lays out for us who he says we are in Christ in the book of Ephesians. All of Ephesians chapter 2 is who we used to be before we were in Christ. Those things were true of us. They're not true anymore. We, we were on a course that was set by the prince of you know, the power of the air, the principalities of this world, right? We were caught on that course. We were stuck in bondage, and he set us free. And that, that is true. And so that was an awesome thing. 2018, I think, is, was a year that uh, we really spent, and, and the key word I, I was putting for this is relationship or relationships. The first study that we did was relationship status. And we kind of joked, you know, this is, this is the, get on Facebook, the first thing you see is relationship status, job status, all of those different, different things there. And what we learned is if, if your relationship with the Lord isn't healthy, 99.99999% chance that your other relationships aren't healthy either, right? Let's just say 100% chance. If, if you don't have that relationship right, and everything else is skewed, everything looks messed up if, if that relationship's not right. And so what we tried to set out to do is, man, let's, let's go hard after that relationship and let God help us in all other relationships that we have and, and set that one as the priority. Um, we saw the life of Joseph was a really fun study to go through. Um, just challenging watching you know, the struggles that he went through and his relationship with the Lord and the promises that God made early in his life are the things that carried him through to the end. He believed those promises. He had a legitimate relationship with, with God and, and it wasn't just the relationship that he had with his dad who had a relationship with God. It was Joseph's real relationship with God himself, and that was a, an awesome thing to see. Uh, we spent some more time looking at evangelism, and then we, we did a, a study we called Tiny House, and it was all about the tabernacle of the Lord. And, and the, the tabernacle was the place, it was the tent that Israel set up time after time. Every time they would travel, they would pack up this tent, and they would go, and when they would stop, they would set the tent up, and what dwelt in the midst of that tent, in the center of that tent, was the very presence of God. It was their relationship to God was all surrounding that tabernacle, that tiny house that, that God dwelled in, in the midst of, of Israel. And we saw all the incredible pictures that, that the, the tabernacle was, both of us and of Christ. The, those awesome pictures that, that were all throughout uh, those stories and, and that history. And then last year, uh, the word that I think uh, best describes last year is, is walk. And, and when I think we, we, we set out, purposed, to, to walk and join the Lord where he's at work. If you remember, it's, it's been a whole year. Uh, but we set out looking at Acts 11, verse 23 and, and beyond that. And we, we looked at some of the apostles and how they, they were sent from one area to another because they had proven themselves to be full of faith, to be full of the Holy Ghost. Right? They, they proven themselves to be good men. That, that followed the Lord, and so they were sent from one area to another to, to help uh, some other believers there. Uh, Acts eleven twenty three specifically, it should be on the screen. It says, Who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart 
they would cleave unto the Lord. And so from that, man, we, we determined we need to cleave to the Lord. We need to find out where he is. We need to find out what he's up to, and we need to get, get to work where he's at work. And so we, we just started out, you know, how do you, get, how do you join the Lord where he's working? Well, first and foremost, you've got to find out what he's doing in here. And he is actively pursuing you and trying to do a work in your heart. And so we needed to, to find out how, how, how to see what he's doing and join him in that work and submit to what he was doing. Uh, we did some more of that in the book of Philippians. Uh, we spent the summer getting to know our Savior through different stories about Christ and the Gospels. And then, you know, most recently we did finish up the year with the, the, the study on adulting, right? Having the, the right perspective on the big decisions we need to make so that, man, when, when the pressures of this world want to get us to make decisions the wrong way with the wrong motivations, man, we're, we're not tricked by that. We're not fooled by those things. And the big adult decisions that are going to affect and have the ripple effect in the rest of our life, we're going to get those right because we're thinking right. And so that brings us to, to 2020. I, I mean, that's, that's a lot. We covered a lot of ground in just three years. I think it's incredible, you know, testament to, to what the Lord has taught us. Uh, I think it's, it makes us uh, responsible for a lot when he teaches you a lot. Um, and I, I feel like, man, just going through that list, and, and I was looking at some of the notes, I was like, man, I probably should go through and, and relearn half of that because... I get so busy and so distracted and, and just so caught up that, I, like, man, I remember giving that to the Lord. I remember making that promise to God. I remember him teaching me those things, and some of that stuff I just need a refresher to, to remind me that, and where has he taken me? If he's going to take me further, I have to have made sure that I still have those lessons down. So again, if you were here Sunday, excuse me, if you were here Sunday, you know that, that we received a very clear message. Right, the direction for our church is going to be the same direction we're heading because, obviously, we are part of the church. This is, this is not a church in and of itself. We're not a splinter cell. We, we go where First Baptist goes because that's who we are. Right? And so our vision for, for this year is going to match and fit perfectly with the vision for the church. The direction we're going in here is the, the direction FBC is going. Uh, one of the main questions that that Jeff presented when he was talking about the Great Commission. And, and the Great Commission is that, that we all take the gospel to the whole world, right? And, and he said, it's, it's, why do you need a calling? He was talking about specifically foreign missions, right, was the context. And if, if you're called, you know, is, is kind of the, the term, well, I'm not going to go because I, I haven't received the call, Right? God never called me up on my phone. He never wrote it in the sky. No miraculous thing has ever happened. Uh, you know, so I didn't get the call. Well, you don't need a call. God has given us all a command. Right? The command was to take the gospel to the whole world. And so basically the question was, how will you be obedient to that call? Will you go by going or will you go by sending? Right? And there's, there's just an awesome way that God connects us with missionaries and, and other folks when we support them, wherever they're at work, God says we're connected to that work. Right? We, we invest in that work just by praying for them, by spending time on our knees talking to the Lord about them, by investing finances, by contacting and encouraging them, right? just by making sure that we're connected to that work. He says we, 
we get to be connected in, in the fruit as well. And so if you can't go, who else are you going to send? Who else are you going to support? How are you going to get to the other side of the world? Well, there's, there's people that are able to go. And, and the, so the, the, the question was, will you go by going? And if you're called to go, you're called to prepare. Right? So it could be a, a time-consuming process, but uh, that was our question. And I think that this, the same question applies not just to each of us individually. I think it applies to our ministry here in the well. How will we, together, as the well, go? How, how will we go as a group? By going? Maybe we'll have an opportunity as a group to, to go on a trip this year. I, I don't know. I'm praying that, that we'll get a chance. Maybe not this year, maybe next year. I don't know. But we ought to be praying constantly about opportunities for us to go. Maybe, maybe not everybody can go, but, but maybe we as a group can go in, in some capacity. Um, so will we go by going or go by sending? And, and to stay where we are without any effort is, is simply disobedience. Right? And, and it's unacceptable in, in what he's given us for us to not share that hope and that life and those, the liberty that we have in Christ. And if we keep that to ourselves, how, how selfish is that? It's, it's not an option. Right? It's, it's just not an option. So, just a few verses I want to cover tonight. This, this shouldn't take a long, long time, but go ahead and turn to Acts uh, chapter 1. And so the, the question is, will we go by going, will we go by sending? That's the question for us. And I think Acts, Acts chapter 1 has, has that answer for what our answer should be. We'll just read the, the first nine verses uh, in uh, Acts chapter 1. It begins, it says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining of the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So Christ, this is before he returns to the Father, he gives them one last bit of instruction. He says, you're waiting for something called the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit that's going to dwell inside of you, and when you get that, then it's going to be time to get to work, right? Hang in Jerusalem until this thing happens. When that thing happens, what does he say in verse 8? He says, you're supposed to go both to Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth with the message of the gospel. Right? That's, that's how you're going to get to work. So the answer is, are we going to go by going? We're going to go by sending. He says, the answer is both. But it's interesting, 
and, and I struggled with this because my grammatical skills aren't that great, but he says both, and there's four options. Now, math and grammar was a long time ago, but, but what he's saying, if you look at this a little bit closer, Jerusalem was within Judea next to Samaria. Okay? And the uttermost is everywhere else. So he's saying both here and there. Both in your city, so Judea is kind of like New Philly if you live here. Dover if you live there, wherever, right? Your hometown is Jerusalem. Judea is the county. It's T County, (laughs) y'all. T County, hometown proud, right? Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. That's, That's right next to home where the culture's different. We have people that live in our own county where their culture is completely different than ours. He says they need the gospel too. Somebody that doesn't see life the way you see life. Somebody that hasn't had the experiences that you've had. Somebody that might have different colored skin and different stature and come from a terribly different background to where they can't see life the way you see it. They need the gospel too. And they're right here. That's what he's saying. Oh, and to the uttermost part of the earth. That's everybody else, and none of them have seen life the way you see it either. And so it's going to be a culture change. It's going to be a location change. It's going to be something much more difficult to get to them, but they need the gospel. So he says both Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost. Does that make more sense? It makes sense to me. Right? That, that's why he's saying the answer is if you're going to go and you're going to be obedient, you're going to go here. You're going to go locally, and, and somebody's going to go, and you're going to be connected to them as you send them out. You're going to do both. We need to be connected in the well. We have missionaries that, that we have the opportunity to support. I was just talking to Chrissy about them and Bruno. We get updates about what's going on in their lives all the time. We're going to do a better job of getting those updates in front of you guys, and we need to be doing a better job of praying specifically, intentionally, full of faith that God is going to do some incredible things in their lives. We need to be connected to what's going on on the other side of the world. These people have given their lives. Jeff said something about an equal investment that just knocked me down Sunday. I was in, in, in Harvest and Midtown. Jeff preached, kind of, it was basically the same message. And both times, I thought Sunday when I was hearing it the second time, I thought, you know, I, I've heard this. Knock me down again. God's not letting me get away with not having a bigger investment in in the mission. There are people giving up everything and this easy culture to live in, the finances, the, 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 the quick proximity to a supermarket, the ease of paying your bills online, all of the things that we take for granted because that's just life. We were in Kansas City, and I was irritated that everything's a half hour away because everything's five minutes away here. It's just the way life is for us. And there are people giving up all of that because there's people that need the truth of the gospel. And, and they've deemed it worthy to sacrifice all of that. They've deemed Christ's name worthy to take that to the other side of the world. And here I am. Sometimes I'll remember that we've got missionaries over there. Sometimes I'll remember to pray. I'm just not bought in. And that's not good enough. And so we, as the well, you all get to share in the wealth of my conviction, 
we're going to do a better job. We're going to do a better job as, as, a, as a group, as a ministry, of buying into to what's going on, that whatever we can support. Kale's about to go and, and take his whole family, you know, all three of them, but it's the whole family. It's all of them, all right? He's going to take them out of this comfort zone, away from grandparents. That's a big, big deal. The Van Sickles have given up everything to go, and now life has been turned upside down. They, they had every intention of leaving Thursday, and now they can't. What could I do to buy in to what they bought into? And that's a big deal, that they're willing to sacrifice, and, and now they're going to need some help. Well, how can I help? What can I give up? What can I struggle with to make their life easier? That's, that's what hit me. It hit me hard. It's still hitting. Okay, so share the wealth. We just need to, to have a bigger buy-in. So we must both go by send, going and sending. Um, it, if we're going to go, if we're going to go to our neighbors and friends and, and this neighborhood here, what do we need to do? We see that in Acts chapter 26, and we won't take the time to, to really dig into this, but it's just an incredible passage. You, sh- you should take some time and pray through these things. Acts 26, verse 15. Uh, this is a, a cool story where Paul is, is recounting his testimony before King Agrippa. It's kind of a cool name, kind of weird. King Agrippa. Uh, verse 15 says, and said, and I said, who art thou, Lord? This is after Paul was blinded on the, the road to Damascus, and he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest, but rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and those things in which I, uh, I will appear unto thee. Uh, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. So Paul has, has just been stopped in his, his tracks, as his name was Saul at the time. He was stopped in his tracks. He was on a mission to kill Christians. Jesus Christ stops him, blinds him, knocks him down, and says, this is now your mission. You're going to go back to the Gentiles. You think you're a big shot Israelite, but you're going to go to the Gentiles. And here's the purpose. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to open the eyes, or excuse me, yeah, to open their eyes, in verse 18, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. By faith that is placed in Christ. You're going to set people free. You're going to allow them to see for the first time. Paul had to lose his physical sight to see the truth spiritually. Because what he saw physically was a distraction. We're going to turn the lights on for people so that they they can see the truth of the gospel of Christ. That's the mission. And it's interesting, if you jump to verse 28, Paul continues and shares the rest of the story and what he's done and, and, and some of the things he's experienced. And at, at the end of it, verse 28, King Agrippa says unto Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. That's, that's the Great Commission to persuade men to 
and, and, and women to understand what an incredible gift it is that Christ has given us by dying on the cross for our sins. It, it's our job to, to plead with men and women, and he did this for you. He did this for me, and I'm not going to keep it to myself. We set out in 2019 looking at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. I think it should come up on the screen. It says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. This is not Paul saying, you know, this is, this is just what God made me. This is just what you're going to get. No. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. So, by the grace of God, I am what I am. What exactly am I? By the grace of God, I am a new creature. By the grace of God, I've been set free from the bondage of my sin. By the grace of God, I've been born again with an eternal life. By the grace of God, Ephesians tells me I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus right now. I've got that promise. By the grace of God, I'm sealed until the day of redemption. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and that grace was not bestowed in vain. To be bestowed in vain means that God wasted his grace by placing it in my life. And, and we set out last year saying, look, I, I want to get to the end of 2019 and say God did not waste his grace on my life. He, he put grace in my life and I used it for his glory. I, I didn't waste his time. I didn't waste his effort because I got to work, like Paul said. It's, it's too important. People need to know. By the grace of God, I will take this message to the world to do what I can to persuade others to call upon that same grace through the cross of Jesus Christ. 2020, the, the vision is the same. Did, did we accomplish it? Did he waste it or did he not? The vision is the same. Right? I, I don't want to get to the end of 2020 and, and say, man, that's... I just kind of sat around. I didn't go and I didn't send and I didn't buy in. I just sat, disobedient. I want to finish with a just, just a couple of thoughts here. And, and it's, we have a, a limited window of time to, to do these things that, that the Lord has allowed us to be a part of. And I think it's important to, to take account of the amount of time we have. There was a song that we sang through Mission Focus several times, and it was, it was just, uh, it just talked about teaching us to number our days and, and begging the Lord to establish the work of our hands, that the work that we would put ourselves to would be the work that he is all about. Um, you find several of those verses in Psalm 90. Verses 10 through 17, the days of our years are threescore years and ten, that's 70. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow. 
for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Man, we, I'm, I'm over 40. Y'all, it's got to the top of the hill, I'm over the hill, and it's, from what I hear, it's downhill pretty fast from here. One foot in the grave and, and another on a banana peel or something like that, right? That's, that's my life from here on out. And let me just tell you, the aches and pains, are, they're accelerating. I'm, I'm more than halfway to, if by reason of strength I get 80 years, I'm more than halfway now. I know I look good. <laughs> but that's because I'm in the prime of life, right? I'm just I'm totally joking. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to, unto wisdom. God's got to help us to get the right perspective of how fast this thing is fleeting away. And I know you guys, you guys are in the prime of life. And, and, and from your perspective, it really is, it's almost impossible for you to, to feel it. it and and that's, that's just where you are, and that's fine. You'll, you'll, you'll understand. I know you believe me that life goes fast, but when you feel it, you'll say, ah, that's what he was talking about. Like, my oldest daughter turns 14 Thursday. It's flying. It's going too fast. Sorry. Return, O oh Lord. How long? Let it repent thee concerning thy servants. <coughs> Satisfy us early with thy mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Don't you want your days to be worth something? Man, if we, if we could just get in line with where God's heading, we'll rejoice. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let thy work appear unto thy servants and thy glory unto their children and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands, establish thou it. And I just want to join the Lord where he's at work. I want to know that, that he's pleased. That I made a difference for the, for the cause that, that actually lasts for eternity. And somebody, I don't know if it was Jeff or somebody at Mission Focus, they said, success without a successor isn't really success. If it doesn't carry on, if it doesn't go beyond right now, what good is it? And all the stuff is staying here. Psalm 39, 4 and 5 that, that first passage in uh, Psalm 90 was, was a prayer from Moses to the Lord. Psalm 39, verses 4 and 5 is a, a song that David wrote. Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as an handbreadth. That's all the days you get. From here to here. It's gone. It flies. <laughs> And mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man is at, at his best state is altogether vanity. Selah. Psalm 144, another 
Psalm of David, verses 3 and 4 says, Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him? Or the son of man that thou makest account of him? Man is like to vanity. His days are as a shadow that passeth away. The, the point of all this is not to, to depress you about how old I am and how quickly I'm falling apart. We need to have the Lord teach us to number our days, to recognize that we have right now to make a difference. And today is gone soon. Somebody else at the, the conference, I think it was Alan Shelby, said, you know, life, life is short. Ministry is shorter. Our opportunity to make an impact is fleeting. And, and heaven forbid, we, we end up like Jacob in Genesis 47. After, after Jacob finally gets to Egypt where Joseph has saved the world, literally, he makes it there and Pharaoh asks him how old he is. Pharaoh said unto Jacob, verses 8 and 9, how old art thou? And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are a hundred and thirty years. Few, check this out, few and evil have the days of the years of my life been. And I don't want to get to that point to where my assessment and my account of my life is that my days were few and evil. He says, and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. Time is short. And, and God has his own timing, and God is, is the most patient, <laughs> patient anything you'll ever come across, right? The, the point isn't that we need to be in a big hurry, right? We, we don't, uh, get it on your sheet, that's the way. We do, we do not need to rush God's process. We need to be intentional with our time. It's, it's not about trying to, to hurry up and do everything now. It's about not wasting what he's given us. There is a process that's always going to feel way too slow to you. And that's part of how God grows you up. Am I right, Vin? It's always going to feel too slow. There's always too much work to be done. There's always too many people that need the gospel. That's always going to be the case. And, and God is also interested in growing you spiritually. He's also interested in, in you growing spiritually and knowing him more. And that process takes time. Agonizing, slow time. It's just what it, that's just the way it is. And, and when you think you got it, you don't got it. <laughs> it's just not fair, right? Patience is, is, is something that, that is a, a lifelong lesson. We do not need to rush God's process. We need to be intentional with what we have. We need the year of 2020 to be an intentional year where, where we take advantage of the time we're given and the open doors that we're given and we take ourselves boldly through those doors and trust God with the results. So just a quick list of, of some of the things just because I'm sure some of you are curious. Some of the studies we're going to look to do, God can always change the direction and and turn us another direction, but, but this, is, this is kind of some things that I've been praying about, I'm excited to, to get into um, soon, probably next week, we're going to start with the book of Galatians, and we're going to call it Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Holiness, because the American dream's a lie, y'all. 
you can attain all of those things and still have a massive hole unfulfilled in your heart because those things cannot satisfy us. But holiness, living, living a life that, that God has prescribed, <coughs> satisfaction, peace, liberty, real life is found therein. That's, that's what we need to pursue. Uh, so we're going to get into the book of Galatians. Galatians is, has all kinds of things to say about life. It has all kinds of things about say about liberty and legalism and, and the balancing of those things. Uh, it should be a, a fun study for us. Uh, the, the month of February, uh, we're going to pr- take at least three weeks, maybe four weeks, and we're going to break guys and gals up. Ladies, you can stay here. Guys, we'll go across the, the frozen tundra of the parking lot. If, if it ever does get cold enough for that kind of thing, uh, we'll go over to the barn, and we're just going to talk about purity. We're going to talk about sober-mindedness. We're going to talk about things that, that we need to talk about so that we can make sure that our relationships, whether they're you know, dating relationships, married relationships, just friendships, whatever they are, they need to be holy relationships. They really do. And maybe you're just a single guy or gal, and you're fine with that. Your relationship with the Lord still needs to be holy. It's just too important. And so we're going to take some time, and we're going to do those things. We're going to talk about accountability, what that means biblically, um, and how we can, we can use those things as, as tools to help us. Uh, we're going to get into, and I can't wait for this one, but I've been wanting to do a study on the life of Joshua for, since 2017. Since we were walking through the wilderness with the Israelites and all the stupid whiny things they were doing, I was like, man, I can't wait to get to Joshua. And, and the Lord has just kept, it's just not time yet. We had to do some growing before we're ready to walk with Joshua into victory and start slaying the giants. Right, so, so there's some other things we have to do, and that's okay. Uh, some of the, the goals that, that we're shooting for is, is, again, intentionality, accountability, right? The, the accountability, we, we were talking about this, uh, I was talking about this with some of the, the well folks last night. Accountability is, is just somebody in your life that can help you be honest with you before the Lord. It's not about answering to them. It's about you answering to God honestly and, and assessing things, taking account. I was thinking about, you know, there's, there's times when I go pick up my kids from the, the children's ministry classes or whatever. How, how was he? He was fine. He's Weston. He's fi- he's, he, did, did he pay attention? Of course he did. Was he respectful? Yeah. You know, I get these answers like, why are you asking me this? I'm asking because he knows that I take account. And if I take account, he knows there's consequences, good and bad. Man, I'm I'm so proud of you for listening good. Oh, the story was great. It was this and this and this. Good job, bud. I heard you couldn't stop talking. (laughs) It doesn't mean I have to come down hard on him. I take account. He knows there's consequences. He knows there's an outcome. What is the final accounting? We're going to stand before Jesus Christ, and he's going to take account. And he's not going to ask about all the bad things you did. He's going to say, what did you do with my spirit and my word and the people I put in your life? 
What did you do with those? I, I didn't do anything. Or, I went by going, and I went by sending, and I didn't waste any of the time that you gave me. Now look, we waste time. Let's just start wasting a whole lot less. Let's put down the stuff that, that's a distraction, and, and let's get to work. I think we have one more song. Um, our two man, one man, one woman band. I don't say two man band. That's not nice. You know what I mean. Uh, I'll go ahead and pray as they're coming up. You guys go ahead and stand up, and uh, we'll worship the Lord one more time. Lord, thank you again. Um, thank you for, for loving us enough to, to give us hard messages. I, I don't necessarily know that this was a hard message, but I've received some hard messages recently, and, and you're really moving my heart in your direction, and I'm so thankful that you do that. I'm thankful that you don't allow me to just stay stationary, that, that you convict me and say, Matt, we gotta, we got to move. There's just no time. And I know you have a plan, and I trust your plan, and I trust your timing, even though I don't like it a lot of times. I trust you because I know your love. I trust you because I know you've got a, a perfect plan for all of us. The details are gray, but that's where faith comes in. We trust you, Lord. We trust you with our lives. We trust you with this ministry. I'm begging you to take us to some incredible places this year, and, and I'm begging you to not allow us to take any of your credit or glory. We give it all to you. You're worth all of it, Lord. We love you. We pray these things in Christ's name. We pray that you are glorified by this song. Amen.